this month with a beautifully serene, tranquil track. It is by Amara Fleur and it is titled Objects. And as you should be able to tell on this episode on the NDL show, we want to make sure that you are okay. So we're going to take a moment and assess our mental space and that's what we'll be doing on this episode. Taking it back to this track, Amara Fleur has definitely made an appearance on the show before with Don't Let Go. And we just got the scoop that she will be releasing something quite soon and obviously we will let you know as soon as that happens. She is at Amara Fleur on Instagram and Twitter. Do follow her and stream her music. So, it is a new month and obviously that means new things are in store for us. And on an esteemed note, it is Women's Month, you know, and in my mind, Women's Month should be a consistently constant thing because people do tend to forget. International Girlfriend's Day also passed to usher us into the celebration of Women's Month. And to reassure you, this will be a fruitful period in which ladies from all walks of life will come onto the show and reaffirm our positions. You know, I believe in affirmation so much when you know this thing, but it's always nice to be reminded. So you can expect that from the show this month, we will be reinforcing women empowerment and seeing what we can do, what we can explore as women, as well as help everyone else understand us a bit better through our experiences. So to the men and everyone else, know that this is not the moment to stop listening to the show. This is exactly why we're here. So if there's anything that you would like to know, clarify when it comes to anyone that identifies as a woman, do send us your suggestions. And if you'd like us to talk about anything as a woman, hit us up as well. And of course, if you're not doing so already, kindly follow us on social media at The NDL Show. You can email your queries and music submissions to theNDLshow1 at gmail.com, although our email address will be changing very soon. And I know I mentioned this before, but if you know an artist who is a woman, please, now is especially the time to send through her links. Do not hold her back. We want women... We want women. Too often we overlook women in many spheres, and so we want to change that. Otherwise, we do have some exciting news to share with you. With this episode, we will be launching our website. So do check it out and see how you feel about it. Through the site, you can send us your queries, comments about the show, and everything else. You can send us money send us your donation to the show through PayPal. This is obviously not mandatory, but for those of you who want to and can, if you feel that we're doing the most and you want to bless us here and there, you can do so. So do visit our website, theNDLshow.co.za to stream the show and find everything else that you need to know about The NDL Show. Hello everybody, it's Nontanza all the way from Deep Blue Soweto. Would like to send a shout out to our host, Nondomiso, and my boy, Tulani. Thank you so much, guys, for keeping us company in these harsh times of COVID-19. Thank you for keeping it real. Coming up on episode 17 on the NDL show, we talk about who owns the front seat, Zimbabwe, Dr. Stella, whether we are really able to accommodate perpetrators of gender-based violence after reformation, and of course, Black is King in our commentary and in our main segment, we go into our relationship with mental health with counselling psychologist Riabet Webais to make sure that we're okay. All of this coming up, stay tuned. Hey guys, this is the main chick. Anele, and you're now tuned into the MDL show. You are now tuned into the MDL show. On a serious note, there are terrible things that are happening in Zimbabwe. 
People are being killed and my sister tells me that people are tired of ZANU-PF, the political party that has been ruling since Mugabe. And because of this, they have been trying to overthrow the political party, which has resulted in the loss of life of both police officers and many civilians. Journalists and activists are being jailed and terrible things are being done to them, such as being raped and having sewage thrown onto them. It is really terrible. And the EFF has come forward demanding for the removal of the Zimbabwean embassy in South Africa until they stop the brutality. See, we need to come to a place as Africans where we can just be honestly and transparently without having authorities do this because of this obsession with power. A video of Dr. Stella Emanuel, an American Cameroonian physician, spoke out about having a cure for the coronavirus. Interestingly, as I tried to share this video, Instagram flagged the post down as misinformation. And my question is, misinformation according to who? When she is clearly saying that all the patients that she has treated have survived the virus. There is a lot at play. Many people have also started bringing out her religious beliefs and many other things. But we haven't even tried the medicines she has used used. So really, we need to look at the people who are trying to benefit from this. On another note, a campaign against gender-based violence has recently come to light because of the use of someone who I'm sure we might all know, who has perpetrated this abuse to a number of women. So this man took a video as part of the campaign and said that he is standing against GBV as a perpetrator who has undergone reformation. He said it was an incredible journey. And the campaign received a lot of backlash for using him as well as someone else who I'm not sure about. Now, the man behind the campaign says he is trying to get all perpetrators together to say what they can do to change or improve GBV in South Africa. And I'd say we do get that. But what about the victims who have to see these perpetrators in the celebratory light? What do you think about this? With the amount of backlash, I started wondering about whether we are actually able and capable of allowing people who have caused so much harm back into society. I'm sure we should, but do you think that we can? On a lighter note, I wanted to ask if you were in a relationship, right? Let's say you're in this relationship and your man or girl was coming to pick you up in their car, but someone was sitting in the front seat and wasn't moving, was not budging. What's the right reaction? I mean, in my mind, it's like if someone is driving with my partner to come pick me up, surely they should know that maybe, just maybe, hopefully, they'll just move to the back. Let me know who you think owns the front seat. I know it's the driver, but in terms of the partner and a third party situation, tell me. Finally, Black is King came out and it's amazing. You know when you feel your life and perspective change just based off what you're consuming? That's exactly what happened. I have two questions, though. How deep are Beyonce's non-disclosure agreements that we weren't even aware that she was filming this in our streets? Or was she photoshopped? That's another question. Because I have heard that that is something she does. My second question is, or perhaps it's a statement. After Black as King came out, we had people talk about how we should name and crown Beyonce as the Queen of Africa. And guys, we understand that she's amazing. She's done beautiful, excellent things on Black as King. But we have our own queens as shown in the film, perhaps. Do let us know what you think through our website. It is theindialshow.co.za or on the socials at The NDL Show. Stay tuned.
If you're too tired to go out and get your essential groceries, hot food and so much more, then Deliveroo is for you. They are your one-stop delivery service based in Kagiso that uses an eco-friendly method of delivering to you. Simply download the app Deliveroo available on Google Play and have your essentials brought to your door now. Make yourself spoil yourself. I said, listen, you got paid his mom and thanks God. And if that has happened, my man, there's a pair of sneakers you want and your budget is tight. Forget the budget. Look after your emotions. Go buy that pair of shoes. It gives you positive energy because the world is up against you. Thank you for staying tuned. So on today's show we want to ensure and find out if you're okay. You know there are so many things that are happening currently on top of fighting this pandemic and being in the same space for a while can bring so many existential feelings. Oftentimes it feels like we're not moving because physically we're not. So we need to check on our mental health. And for a long time as black people, mental health has been an aspect that hasn't been given the attention it needs, especially within the family. And because of that, we grow and we realize that that feeling we've been feeling for so long is not going away after that glass of water and after a nap. You know, sometimes we're not even aware that actually we're not okay and we don't know which steps to take to change that. So to give us clarity on mental health as well as how we can help ourselves as well as the people around us. We have counseling psychologist Rebetswe Baez on the line. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the NDL show, Rebetswe. Thank you so much for having me Nondimiso. I look forward to having this discussion with you. I think it's really important. It definitely is one to be had. Just to start on a basis of understanding, could you kindly walk us through what exactly mental health is and why it is that black communities have brushed it off for so long? So I think, you know, I think the easiest way to to put it is to compare it to physical health, right? So with regards to our bodies, when we're unwell, we we feel unwell, but then we go and we see a doctor who does all of these um, you know, assessments and tests and they can point out that there is something that is physically wrong with you. And because you felt unwell in the first place, then it makes sense and we are so much more likely to accept that, you know, and you take medication, the pain goes away or whatever it is. And it just makes more sense in that way. But then when we talk about mental health, because it's something that people don't necessarily see, um, I think that's what makes it so much more difficult to understand, but it also makes it more complicated in the sense that it then becomes an internal experience. And unless someone can really, you know, explain really well about what they're going through or what they're feeling or what they're thinking, it becomes hard for people on the outside to understand and to accept it. So I think, you know, that's where it all starts. The fact that mental health is more of a hidden illness mm-hmm. and um, because you know, um, it's not easy to to understand or maybe to relate to. It becomes so much more difficult to to deal with um, as as society and you know within families within communities. Yeah. Um, it becomes really difficult to to tackle because of that. I can certainly see how that's true, you know, and I've also observed the difference in approach when it comes to how white people respond to mental health versus how black people respond. Is there anything that can justify the reluctance within the black community towards mental health? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was thinking about this um, last night and I was thinking about, you know, what is the reality of our history? And I mean, if we really look at it, it wasn't so long ago that we were, you know, not allowed 
to be exposed to certain things, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, as as far back or as recent as 40, 50 years ago, you know, for example, our parents and grandparents' um, generation, they didn't have access to, you know, the resources that we do, for example. So, mm-hmm. we've sort of grown up within families where mental health was just never a thing. I'm sure it existed. I mean, it definitely did. And the impact of several things that previous generations went through would have led to mental health issues issues for sure. But whether this was something that was brought out into the open and spoken about and explored and managed is a different story altogether. So I think it's based on that, based on how we had very limited access to information, but also to resources. And then only now having to, you know, evolve into um, a new generation of of um, people and families that are more aware, we are more um, informed, we have access to certain resources. So now we can try and understand, you know, and we're starting to understand that, okay, this is something that is very real, it's very impactful. And, you know, it it does affect us, it does affect our communities and our children and our, you know, families. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it really is rooted in that. But what I really appreciate and and and, and, you know, what I have noticed is that the view on mental health amongst the Black community is changing because we are realizing that it is actually really important. And we can see the impact of it, um, you know, amongst amongst ourselves. So there are a lot more people that are open to trying to understand what it is and then trying to tackle it in an effective way rather than it being ignored or, um, you know, dismissed the way that it has been previously. Mm. You mentioned how mental health is hard and complicated to deal with, especially because it's something that's so invisible to others and sometimes yourself, you know, which is something that is so important. You know, usually when we're referring to mental health, we're also talking with regard to depression, especially. And we've heard this term. I know this term and I know the listeners know this term. But fully understanding what it is and what it does to someone is something completely different. Could you kindly clarify that for us? Okay, so depression is one of those mental health conditions that is, you know, right up there. I think when people think mental health, they'll think of depression or anxiety um, or PTSD, you know, so depression is right up there. And I think that's because it is so common. So depression is a mental health disorder and it's mainly characterized by persistent feeling of sadness. So we all have bad days. We all have days where we are sad or it will be a couple of days or we'll go through something that does affect us, but usually we're able to bounce back from it or, you know, we are able to recover, so to speak. Um, But with depression, it almost persists um, for quite some time. So usually a doctor will say that if it persists for more than two weeks, then, you know, then that's something to be um, concerned about. Mm -hmm. But it then also is characterized by suddenly just not being interested in things that you used to be interested in. So people will go from really being motivated to like go to gym or to engage in hobbies um, or to spend time with people to really just not being interested anymore. Um, So it's really characterized by these massive changes in your mood and in just how you behave and also in your thinking. So people who struggle with depression 
will find themselves just feeling quite, you know, hopeless about things. So they are quite pessimistic. They don't really see the good or the positive in, in um, you know, life anymore. They feel really helpless. So they feel like they don't really know if anything can be done about the way that they're feeling. Um, they tend to, you know, isolate themselves from other people. So someone who generally wouldn't mind being around people or hanging out with friends or family would rather than just want to be on their own because they feel like they don't really have the energy to interact with other people. Mm. Um, a lot of self-blame, a lot of guilt, not being able to focus or concentrate. So it sort of like affects your whole being, you know, so it's not just being sad. There's so much more to it and it's very heavy and it's very difficult to, to just snap out of it. Like you'll hear people saying like, no, but why can't you just, you know, snap out of it you're so lucky you've got this and you've got that and whatnot but even all those things don't really help because it's such a debilitating um condition and then obviously in extreme cases you know when someone feels really hopeless and helpless about their situation and the depression is really really bad that's when people will start having feelings of you know what like I actually don't want to be here anymore and and what I found when I you know speak to clients people wanted to stop they just want that horrible sad heavy feeling to just go away and they feel like well if I wasn't here then I wouldn't actually be feeling this um and that's when obviously it it becomes extremely um, concerning because then people like that are are at risk of harming themselves or or actually doing something really serious to try and end um, all of the the pain and that just you know um, heaviness that they're feeling that literally just won't go away. It definitely is without doubt that our surroundings and relationships play an imperative role on our mental health. And because of instances like lockdown that you mentioned, you know, someone might find that they're back home and in an environment that is not as uplifting or, you know, that's very negative. Or someone who might be scared to leave a toxic relationship because right now it's like, where can you possibly go, you know? In those kind of instances, how do you recommend that we navigate in these situations to ensure that our mental health is protected from that kind of energy? Mm, So, I mean, you make a good point in that you know, especially at a time like this during a lockdown, we we are restricted. And also not everyone can decide just to move into a different environment that's much better for them. So then it comes down to like individuals really just um, monitoring themselves, you know, like being self-aware, I think is really important. Self-aware in the sense that knowing when you're okay. So being able to 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 know that when you're okay okay when i'm okay i am able to get up in the morning i am able to you know make sure that i get something to eat i am able to do one two and three right and then when you're not okay it's easier to pick up because you're like no but today i really didn't feel like getting out of bed or today i didn't get out of bed at all i didn't have a shower i just wanted to be left alone you know so just being able to to monitor yourself and um you know monitor just your your thinking and your feelings because depression does affect the way that you think if you're going to be you know thinking quite negatively all the time and whatnot if you monitor yourself you'll be able to pick that up if you are feeling really down or really anxious all the time you'll be able to pick that up so just being able to monitor yourself so that you can see when you are okay and when you are actually um hitting a bit of a slump 
Um, and then also just, you know, doing things that have been shown and proven to be, to be good for your mental health. So these are things that we all know we should be doing. We just don't always do them. So, you know, keeping physically active is really important because when we exercise or stretch or, you know, go out into the sun, um, our brain actually releases hormones that are good for us, um, releases chemicals that are actually good. So when you exercise, you relieve stress hormones, so the hormones that actually keep you feeling really tense, um, that are circulating in your bloodstream. When you exercise, you let all of that out. You know, um, when you, and I mean, that doesn't have to be like a, 20 kilometer run it can be a walk you know just Mm -hmm. going for a simple walk outside or doing some stretches or looking at a video on youtube um, of someone exercising and just doing that 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 can be really really good in terms of helping your body to manage with the impact of any mental health issues making sure that you eat healthily um, making sure that you get enough sleep is really important Mm -hmm. and something that is also really important that I think we do need to take seriously is just limiting um, the amount of alcohol that we take in because alcohol is a depressant. So we drink alcohol, you know, usually leisurely, obviously in extreme cases, it's something else. But if you are drinking alcohol and you are already feeling depressed, it will actually make it feel worse because it naturally just makes you feel down. Mm. Um, So if you are struggling with your mental health, it's recommended that you just cut down or you stop drinking alcohol because it's not going to, not going to be useful, you know, and then just making sure that you reach out for assistance. So someone who is feeling um, affected or, you know, isn't in an environment that is necessarily good for them to just make sure that they reach out to, to friends, to people who they trust, mm-hmm. um, you know, to, to a mental health resource that can assist with regards to just counseling support. Um, all those things are really important just to keep you going through a really challenging time. And, and I mean, from the things that I've said, you can see how they apply to everybody, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah but especially for, for someone who feels like they're particularly struggling and they need something to hold on to during what is very, um, what is a very stressful time. I certainly heard you on eating healthy because the first thing I was sure to do when lockdown started was to get all of the junk on earth. But on your last point, you mentioned something so important about reaching out. And as black people, it's hard for us to actually recognize that we need help and that we're not okay. You know, I wanted to find out what could be the reason that makes us so reluctant to go seek help in the form of psychologists, psychiatrists or friends. Mm -hmm. Well, I think one of the major, major um factors there is the stigma associated with mental health right so there's a huge stigma around it just with regards to you know people who go out and seek help um, have really serious issues or they're crazy you know so there's the stigma that mental health is um, only affects like weak people first of all so if you have a mental health problem then you're weak and it means that there's something seriously wrong with you and it means that you're going to end up school piece or whatever but obviously that's not the case at all 
um, mental health can affect anybody. It's got nothing to do with whether you are strong or weak. It can hit you at any time, dependent on, as I said, something happening in your life or you just having a really tough period, um, you know, especially now during COVID times. I mean, you look at how many people are losing their jobs. Yeah. People's families are being affected. There are so many people that are losing family members um, at the moment. So it doesn't really matter about weakness or strength or this or that it can affect anybody. So there's a really huge stigma um, around it. And I think within the black community, what I've heard just from people who have eventually come to therapy and I'll ask them, you know, so um, have you been to therapy before, et cetera, et cetera. And often people will say no, because my family felt that I shouldn't, talk about my business or our business to a stranger Mm. so families want to keep their business within their families for privacy sake right Mm. and also don't want to seem on the outside like they are not well put together or they are not um, the perfect family or the good family or whatever the case may be Mm. so I think privacy is a big thing people feel like they are exposing themselves or exposing their families you see it a lot with couples like where um, a wife will come to therapy and it's a couple issue so you'll say you know so like where's your husband and how how does he feel about therapy? Um, or sometimes it's the other way around. Sorry, I'm not just saying that it's only men that don't want to go to therapy. Um, <laughs> yeah, but the other partner will say, um, well, no, this person didn't feel like we needed to expose that there are problems in our marriage. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of that going on. There's a lot of like, I don't want people to know or we don't want people to know that we, that we're actually having problems. Right. And also people don't like to make themselves feel vulnerable so we don't want to expose our vulnerabilities we don't want to expose our fears and our discomforts um because it's a not that it's unnatural but fear of the unknown is a very real thing so now if i'm going to go and sit with someone and i don't know where this is going to go it's very uncomfortable and it can be very anxiety provoking so people choose to avoid it like actually if i don't talk about it then i don't have to deal with it i don't have to face all of these things that i don't know about Mm -hmm. so yeah a lot of a lot of stigma a lot of um this vulnerability and fear and just not wanting people to to know our business which is all very understandable but then it means that things don't get resolved that's true you know and the be strong statement is also something that is so resounding within the black community where you'll tell someone you know what i'm actually not okay and the response is often you know what be strong be strong drink some water take a nap you'll feel better and eventually it's hard to break out of that cocoon you know so how do we then work towards unlearning that and make things work in a way that we can speak about the things that affect us to improve our mental health mm. sure so that's yeah that's another one the the encouragement to be strong and i think people say that because it almost like just blankets over everything and it supposedly makes everything better but then it's like how long do i need to be strong for like how long is this strong lasting for you know before i actually can't be strong anymore and i think my my issue with that statement is that it's very invalidating so when someone says to another person be strong it means that your thoughts and feelings actually don't matter 
Mm. What if I'm thinking to myself, you know, yo, I don't know if this is the right decision to make or, you know, I'm feeling so worried about this and what about that and whatnot. If I'm feeling really sad or I'm scared, I'm confused, it's telling me be strong. It just takes away all of that. So my thoughts and my feelings don't actually matter anymore. And that's what I think leads to people then feeling quite um, shameful about how they feel. So then they're like, okay, well, obviously there's something wrong if I, I said that I'm thinking this or I'm feeling this and I was told to be strong. So then it means that I'm not strong. It means that, yeah. that I'm weak and it means that something seriously wrong. And then they don't seek help. Um, and then people also will then isolate themselves. So because they try to talk and they try to say, yo, but I'm not coping with this and that, and it was a be strong situation, then they're not going to talk about it anymore. They're not going to reach out. They're not going to try and get advice from anyone because, well, apparently I'm not strong enough. So I'll just keep it to myself. And I think that causes huge problems. I mean, people then deal with their problems or their challenges um you know on their own and it's not easy to deal with stuff on your own especially if it's something new and something that you've never um encountered before now you have to deal with it by yourself it's incredibly scary and overwhelming and it be- and it, it can become very lonely um so that statement i can see where it could possibly come from a lot of the time it comes from people's discomforts and them not wanting to deal with you know, the thoughts and the feelings and, you know, the vulnerabilities of other people, but it doesn't help at all. Um, It can actually lead to even more problems because now this person is going to be hiding and struggling on their own. I really cannot disagree with you. You know, the way the world works, it just seems easier to deal with things on your own. And I see it with the people who are around me as well, where we've also adopted that I'm not okay, but I'll be fine type of thing, you know. And on that note, I wanted to ask because sometimes our close friends and family are going through depression and other mental health issues and we often don't know what we can do to help but we want to help them because these are the people that we love so what do you suggest we can do to help the ones that we love through these kinds of rough patches Mm, i think more than anything you know it's important to um just let them know that you're there a lot of people as i just said now just feel so lonely and they feel like so trapped sometimes in this space that they're in, right? Like if they're going through a challenging time, like you just said, it yeah. can feel very um, suffocating almost, you know? So just letting someone know that, listen, um, even if I can't fix it, even if I can't tell you exactly what to do, um, yeah. I can actually just sit with you and just listen to what you have to say. Maybe through talking, we can like come up with some ideas. Sometimes when you talk and you externalize something, you're able to think more clearly, you know. So just reassuring them that even if you just want to talk, it can just help you maybe to to think clearly and make a decision about, you know, one, two, three. So I think mm-hmm. definitely re-emphasizing your support 
and your presence to that person is really important. I think also being able to guide that person towards resources that can be helpful. So saying to them, listen, I know that it may be hard for you to talk to me and maybe I, I can't help you like I'm not a professional or I don't have the answers for mm-hmm. one, two, and three, or I don't have the experience. But how about you reach out to somebody who can help? you know, and just helping them to identify resources that they can actually contact and be in touch with that can um, assist them, you know. And I think sometimes people feel validated by being seen, you know, like sometimes when you see that someone is going through a tough time to actually say, listen, you haven't been yourself, like you've, you've, you've become, you know, more withdrawn or you just don't seem, you know, happy anymore or you just seem like you're really tired. Sometimes just seeing someone and saying it to them also helps them to be like, yeah, actually, I get up when maybe I do need to talk to somebody, you know. So it's not a lot that, you know, um, we we have to do in order to help someone to be able to, to work on their recovery or on, you know, um, getting help for what they're going through. Sometimes it's those little things like just saying, like, are you okay? You've like, you haven't been yourself. And I really like, I'm just wondering if there's something going on that you want to talk about or um, do you need help with something? Maybe I can help you find find someone or something that can help you. I hear you. And now that we're here, what are the things that we can do to protect our mental health, especially during these times? You know, you mentioned how seeing so many people lose those who are close to them on social media. You know, you switch on the news and it's more negative news. How do we center ourselves to protect our mental Mm -hmm. health? So, I mean, something that I talk about all the time, which I think is so important, is you know, things like self-care and self-care can encompass a whole bunch of things, you know. So you mentioned something that I think is so valid right now in terms of what it is that you are exposing yourself to. Mm-hmm. So for example, I no longer go onto the COVID website that shows the numbers in each country and stuff. I really can't deal with that anymore. So personally, I do not look at COVID numbers because they mm-hmm. give me very high anxiety. Yeah. I also limit my time on social media because of what is being posted on there. It's really painful to see how many people have been affected and fair enough it's important to keep up to date with what's going on but if you're finding that social media and the news and certain information that you're taking in is negatively affecting you you do need to limit it for your own well-being and just sanity limit what it is that you are taking in from social media or any other um sources that's really important we need to be looking after ourselves so simple Mm -hmm. Things. like you need to be eating healthily you need to be doing a little bit of exercise you need to be getting some vitamin d from the sun like you need to go outside yeah. every day and sit for at least 15 20 minutes just so your body is also being maintained because mental health also affects our physical body so it's important to look after our physical body yeah. i mean doing things like staying in touch with family you know staying in touch with friends um practicing you know mindfulness so mindfulness is about like staying in the present moment so just making sure that 
every day you do something that is going to bring you back to the moment. Often we operate on autopilot and we're thinking of this and that. And on Monday, I've got like six meetings and then this, that. But what are you like? (laughs) Yeah. But then like, what about now, you know? And I think the perfect way to practice mindfulness is if you know a child or you have a child, because children are perfect examples of that. A child is in the moment now. A child can be playing now and they focus on what it is that they're actually doing right at that moment. They're not thinking about Monday, you know. So, um, you know, making sure that you, you know, um, are present in most things that you do can be really good for you because then it avoids the stresses of everything else. You know, practicing gratefulness is something that um, has come up quite a lot as I've been reading, but, you know, people acknowledging things that they actually do have and where they're at right now and just being grateful for the things that are going right has proven to be really powerful. So um, that becomes really important at a time where we don't actually know what's going to be going on in the next couple of months. We're just waiting to see for now, but you know, maybe for now we do need to be grateful for, for where we're at. And the one final thing that I absolutely love is just positive affirmation. So just waking up every day and saying positive things to yourself, about yourself, about your life um, can be really good at just setting your mind up in a positive manner to to take on the day so it's stuff that you know about yourself you know stuff that you have been able to prove so whether you're a resilient person a kind person a helpful person mm-hmm. reminding yourself of who you really are can be really helpful at a at a time like this where half the time we're just all over the place so things like that are really important for us to maintain while we're trying to figure out what the rest of this year is going to be like because right now we really don't know so how about we just live in the present and do what we can while you were speaking i started thinking about the people who can't get away from the negativity people who might be living with the toxic parent you know someone who is isolating with the toxic partner what avenues are there that they can explore so um fortunately during this time i mean a lot of um a lot of people not just in the in the mental health space but we've all been forced to do more online and virtual work so for example there are many psychologists now that are offering virtual or telephonic sessions so if someone um has a medical aid that is going to cover for them to see see in inverted commas a psychologist Mm -hmm. um you know or a social worker um they can utilize that avenue there are also a lot of mental health resources that have become just more visible now during this time because so many mental health issues have come up as a result of the lockdown and the pandemic so for example the south african depression and Um, anxiety group um, have I mean just the website itself has so many resources has so much information they're running support groups they have information on different interventions that happen all over the country Mm -hmm. Um, so it's worth sort of giving them a call they have trained counselors on the line who are able to assist with regards to either you know counseling and guidance over the phone sometimes someone just needs someone to talk to right they just want a phone and just vent Um, they have counselors that are yeah they have counselors that are available who can can counsel them over the phone they have a 24-hour helpline 
Um, they also have a Facebook chat every, every weekday between one and two, where they get um, a professional to chat to people over Facebook around, um, you know, mental health, um, especially now during um, COVID and lockdown, they have really interesting topics. But if someone doesn't want to talk to someone over the phone, they can literally go into Facebook and ask questions to a professional person who will respond and help guide them in the right direction. So there are a lot of resources out there that are available now. And I think people do need to reach out. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not always easy to reach out, but the help is there. You literally just need to reach out and just see how it goes. You know, sometimes we don't want to do something, but we don't actually know what it's like. So it's worth just reaching out, talk to someone and see if it helps you if it helps you then great you got what you needed and you got you know maybe alternative resources that you can utilize as well but if you don't then you're sort of stuck in this space that is not really pleasant and um is not healthy for you so rather try something out and see how that goes sure thank you so much ria for coming on to the ndl show and having this much needed conversation with us Thank you so much for having me. It was my absolute pleasure. And I really hope that your listeners have also gained something from um, from the discussion that we've had. And yeah, I'm more than happy to um, share my social media page because I post a lot of information on there and also just resources as well. So um, I am Shrink Mama on um, both Instagram and Twitter. So it's at shrink.mama. And um, yeah, if you follow the page, I post like motivational things and just quotes and resources that can be really helpful for, for people and parents during this time. That was counselling psychologist Riabetsu Pais dissecting mental health and helping us understand how to deal with it, especially now. As she said, you can follow her on Insta at shrink.mama and on Twitter at shrink underscore mama. We certainly hope that this episode has uplifted you, especially for this new month. Do what you must to protect your mental health, even if it means that you need to cut off a few family members. And now that we've come to the end of this episode, we conclude with a beautiful sound. This track that's about to play is produced by Yola Fonik, who is someone that I truly respect in the game. Born and bred in Pretoria, he spends hours just experimenting and exploring different sounds. The only boundary he sets is that the music has to be great. So you can follow him on Insta and Twitter at Yolophonic. His music is also available on SoundCloud, but I will leave the details in the show notes. Remember that you can stream and check out our website, theNDLshow.co.za, for any queries, any music submissions, anything that you want to comment on from any show. This is the NDL Show from my producer Tulani Sijo and I. You're now listening to Vega by Yolophonic and Kasumi. Thank you.